0: Feed cost is very, very challenging. So any area uh, of work around the efficiency of feed utilization is is where we're focusing our efforts. Do you want to be the first one to know all about the global pork market? On Swine Trends by APC, the latest updates are easily shared with you.
1: Welcome to another episode of Swine Train, the podcast. Today, we have Dr. David Rizzaro with us today here to talk about sound nutrition. Uh, Dr. David Rizzaro is the technical officer at the Hanwell Company, overseeing the nutritional program research and innovation effort. His doctoral research focused on understanding the nutritional value of dietary lipids and the essential fatty acid on sow long-term productivity. Recognization of his research includes an emerging scholar award by American Society of Animal Science, and also a research innovation award by National Pork Board. His long-term goal is to continue make a significant and relevant contribution to the field of animal science. Welcome, Dr. David Rizeros. Thank you so much for your time uh, here today uh, discussing about the cell and cell nutrition. You are definitely an, an industry leading expert on cells. We would like to talk to you about how do we successfully manage the nutrition of modern high prolific cells. Uh, to start with, uh, Dr. Riziro, uh, please tell us a little bit of uh, uh, our cell today in the industry. What are the current productivity numbers? And what are the key issues are facing in the industry today?
0: Uh, Dr. Yamin Shen, it's an honor for me uh, in having this conversation with you. And thank you for the invitation. Uh, I, I think I'll base on on some numbers out of PICCAM benchmark in 2021. In the US, we had a 15.2 total PICs uh, per liter. A, we had a live born, um, got a live born per liter of 13.5 with a 1.1 stillborns. And then we were winning uh, last year 11.85 pigs. So that tells us uh, uh, good progress on, on the prolific south that we had. They had the good trends. Um, so that's exciting
1: yeah that's uh, definitely and we're seeing that the, the the progress over the years on productivity right um but also i think uh, we're we're also having some some issues that we're facing in the industry in terms of sales um can you tell me um can you tell the audience a little bit about those uh, those issues that we're facing in the industry
0: yeah yeah no i think along with that um areas of focus for us has been the survivability of both the pig and the sow. Uh, we have seen trends uh, on the mortality that we need to and, you know, add, address, so then it doesn't hurt in productivity. And then with all the happenings in the world uh, post-COVID season, uh, feed cost is very, very challenging. So any area uh, of work around the efficiency of feed utilization is, is where we were focusing our efforts
1: yeah good um uh, could you tell us a little bit about what you saw in your system that you felt that that uh, you need to change and to improve style development and productivity uh, if you can share some of tips with us that'd be great
0: yep yeah so something we we spend a lot of time is uh, trying to connect our nutrition team and our production team put our boots on the ground per se so uh, a key area for for us has been the self-feeding into the field um, and this matched with a with a time where mark and our spark a good discussion and the use of the South caliper uh, so we we studied the caliper the tool and we implemented as part of our program that help us as a tool to assess body condition Right, so these also allow us as a training tool for the field guys. So connecting the field, uh, the nutrition uh, was important. Um, another area uh, has been to address and to find ways to address seasonal seasonal infertility. And so on these, we have been very emphatic in saying that limited feeding to cows during lactation is key. Uh, you need to provide, but um, obviously, summer months impose us, especially here in Oklahoma, uh, with high temperatures impose um, high challenges on the intake of the sow. Uh, all these, what we, um, the work we did uh, with NC State and during my doctorate was, it, it was to study the importance of the essential fatty acid nutrition during lactation. We proved that there's a level that was essential, oleic acid that was essential for a subsequent optimal reproduction, right? Um, then uh, maybe this also has to do with seasonal infertility, but it's a strategic nutrition. It's, it's feed the sow at times where she needs the most, right? Um, so fo- for areas of focus for us has been an, um, understanding early and late pregnancy nutrition, uh, assessing different nutrients, but also the feed level. Uh, and connecting that to the field again so uh, there has been lately a lot of discussion especially in late gestation as you know on the band feeding. We want to be strategic and we found out that the sows that need most are the thing sows. things sows that didn't achieve an ideal condition by day 90 um, as an example. Also I'll give you another example and is uh, if, if, you're, if a sow farm has a health challenge and we have tools as nutritionists uh, that we know it will in- impact the immunity of the sow, things like vitamin E, higher levels of vitamin E, uh, beta-glucans, for instance, uh, that act uh, on the immune system of the sow during those challenging times. We we found a way to put it during uh, in the diet uh, to address to address those health challenges situations and then as you can see overall uh, what we we have tried to do is assess the program from the field um, and f- on what we can deliver from the nutrition team uh, so th- uh, measuring has become more important for us and the production team uh, the weight of gills are breeding. That's something we we start capturing and making better use of it. Uh, the body condition of the cells in the different stages of pregnancy. Uh, we have taken these data. Now um, we're using the data for analytics, but also disseminating into the field um, as a monitoring tool.
1: Yeah, th- those are the, the areas really producers need to um, put more effort on. Um, as you mentioning earlier, um, the genetic has really improved over, over the last five or ten years, and we're we're seeing higher productivity. And and you have shared a little bit, of, you know, on the nutritional side, what uh, your thought on uh, on fatty acid and challenge the conditions. Um, but can you elaborate a little bit more? What the changes, uh, you know, can we look at in terms of nutrition to make the cells more prolific?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I touched briefly on the essential fatty acid that that provide you that as an example yeah. um, that that to me was an example here in Oklahoma, where we didn't have really good sources of, of essential fatty acids like linoleic, alpha linoleic acid into our diets, because those will be my low wheat based uh, diets, right? Uh, we we saw as an example of the disconnect between the prolificity of the sow and the nutrition of the sow during lactation. If she doesn't, what we what we observe was that if she doesn't have enough of that nutrient intake, it, she will be sacrificing uh, her subsequent reproduction. Um, that as an example, I think is uh, we came uh, in a way to provide the nutrients of the essential fatty acids she needed. Uh, another example will be the, the work uh, uh, that is being done on amino acid and the brand change amino acid today. Uh, uh, something we haven't done because our, our farms were in building for that is the transition feeding. I think that has sparked a lot of discussion recently, uh, especially targeting the farrowing process uh, as we have seen the relationship into uh, the reduced time on farrowing that uh, produces uh, stillborns, uh, also impacting nearly pre winning mortality. So areas of importance for us. Uh, I think we are trying to find ways to work around that is, if the farm wasn't built to provide a, a, a transition diet, you know, from placement to farrowing, maybe there's a top dress with key nutrients that we can provide. Maybe there's a water um, access uh, uh, for those nutrients. Etc.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that transition diet or transition feeding um, concept has certainly become more mm-hmm. and more popular, especially for for European countries. But even even in the U.S. and and Canada, we're seeing more people are talking about it. And, and as you mentioned, they're either they're trying to do a transition diet or develop a top dressing um, program to address the need for the South. You know, before before farming, um, there are several good concepts that people are talking about. How do we increase the energy status of the cells, Right, nutritionally, we can try to achieve some of that by top dressing, improving the house. Um, things like that are really uh, quite a, yeah. quite exciting. Um, yeah,
0: maybe for yeah, maybe for the producer right? in a practical way too. Yeah. Um, if there's no a different diet, maybe he's playing with the level. Uh, yep. That the sow, hopes that lactation diet, she start receiving a placement in the farrowing crate, is a level that can provide the energy needs, or maybe the number of times you feed. That might be another question you can ask yourself: is maybe the opportunity to provide at least two or three yep. times if there's if there's a way.
1: Yep, definitely. There are new research coming out of K-State and, and other European countries that are looking at the different feeding times uh, or the, the the frequency of feeding. That helped, um, but also another point that uh, you were mentioning about this challenge, health challenge. I think that's also very important to the to sow pre as well because if you look at them, they're really under a lot of stress, right? Anything you can provide supplement or or uh, top dressing that can reduce their stress level, uh, reduce their inflammation, that could help with with their faring process. And we do have a data, you know, recent data we collected from Spain. Uh, showing uh, if you reduce the oxidative stress and you can reduce the stupor number, that's an indication the pharing process has been you know, improved. So...
0: lot so of happening during following that's correct. Yeah. And, it, and probably as nutritionists, we have tools on the table. And think about, uh, in my mind, just comes vitamin E as an antioxidant too, right? Uh, yeah. Or you don't want to sacrifice that level of vitamin E that will be uh, for immune support. Beta beta glucans will be another one that we know it has an direct, indirect effect on macrophages, Plasma, you have you guys you guys have shown it has an impact on immunity. Um, so I think we can we can find in our table the different tools, and being the strategic about where where to use right. And exactly. our win process will be one for of course.
1: Exactly. and that's where you, you can you can see a higher return on your investment. That's definitely um, uh, true. Uh, so uh, let's squeeze uh, switch here a little bit in terms of managing those uh, more um, prolific Cas sales. So what, uh, what are you seeing that we need to do today to make uh, in terms of management to make uh, more prolific sales?
0: Yep. Yep. So I think, and and I'm gonna be referring a lot to the nutrition perspective from my position. Um, and one for once will be uh, keep an eye on, on our guilds. And is there anything I need to evaluate in my nutrition program to achieve the target weight, to 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 get the guild at the right age and the right time, the right weight to to enter the farm, right? Um, as she entered the farms and as our sows going to fly into gestation during pregnancy is fitting to that ideal body condition. Um, and we we have data to support and we, I have seen tons of data on these that the sow caliper can be as a good tool to get to that target, right? And then during lactation as a management is, uh, I think, um, if I go to full feeding, if I allow ad libitum feeding to my cells, she will be uh, accessing to to the need she has for lag, uh, for meal production.
1: Yeah. So let the cells tell you what she needed, Right. Um, you you have a very good point. And over the years we have we have really uh, 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 evolved in terms of feeding lactation cells. Right. Um, when in, initially we thought we can't feed them very very much early on. Now. Um, with the data, as you mentioned, uh, we have changed uh, uh, our mind and make make sure the cells are telling us what does she need. Um, yep. um, those are very good uh, development. Um,
0: a point I, I, before you yep. go there, I want to make it there is it, a, I think it is true. there's a proportion of cells that won't uh, that won't react good to an ad libitum fol- feeding, but that's a small proportion. And and in the past, uh, looking to that data, I think we were sacrificing a bigger proportion of cells that needed that lipid feeding. So, yep,
1: absolutely. The the goal for the system, or for a nutritionist or production manager to manage the cells is manage the population, right? It's not uh, just managing the uh, a small proportion of the, the the cells. So that that's a that's an excellent point. Um, um, so, uh, someone has successfully managed uh, sales in the recent year in a large production system. What's your uh, top three advice, I guess, you can, you can share with producers uh, here in us today to help them to improve their, their herd productivity?
0: Yep, I'll say um, number one, start with a fast and Growing yield, but don't allow her to become too heavy. Right, manage her to that ideal body weight. Um, it, it, along with that, and during her first pregnancy, that's something I am I'm watching closely. I am very concerned. We need to avoid uh, limiting her growth and development. Mammary um, mammary gland development occurs uh, during that late that later in that first pregnancy, and if we're limiting growth we might be compromising mammary gland development for the lifetime of that gill. Um, as we are in into entering gills into, into the South farm and into the nutrition program, I'll say is focus on that feeding on feeding during gestation to achieve ideal condition to far away. That's important. Um, if you can get 78%, um, maybe 90%, uh, that's that's where you need to go. Uh, you have now tools uh, like the sow caliper tool that you can make the best, best use of it. And then that goes along with a correct adjustment of feeders to provide that level she needs. And then finally, and we I think we talked a few times on this one, is the outlet between feeding during lactation. Uh, let the sow tell uh, her needs for meal production.
1: Yeah, those are excellent points, and uh, um, you know, I would uh, you know, listening to your talk, I would just add. Uh, I mean, I guess to summarize one more point from from your 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 talk uh, um, earlier, which is the data, right? Data is is, is going to be more and more important for the thousands and for the producers, and and have the access to the data and uh, adjust your production parameters based on the data you're rece- receiving. It's going to be pretty important, and you have uh, you and I we have talked about that privately. Can you share just a little bit about that? And uh, you know the with the genetic changes over the years, and uh, how should people think about uh, adjusting their 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 program? I guess.
0: You're right. I think we don't get better if we don't measure. So measure is key. Access to that data is key. And, and providing that data back to to software managers, to people in the field is important. So find those ways and you'll make strikes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Good. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Dr. David Rizero. Thank you for spending time today with me and the audience. And- uh, we had a really a really good discussion about cells what we're facing today and, and what should be uh, should we be considering for for ourselves i uh, really appreciate your time uh, thank you
0: yep thank you dr yamin chen